This week, I put on my red-colored glasses to play some lolly chess. And I'm here to play rock, paper, scissors. And I'm all out of rock and scissors. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week we congratulate ourselves with a huge milestone of 100 episodes of our podcast. One hundo, a full hundy. That's right, a a Benjamin, so to speak. You're an ass little (laughs) camp. The Benjamin of podcasts. (laughs) The Benjamin of podcasts. While we were talking Etchy on the Tents and more than two years worth of content, we decided to dive into an isekai that doesn't suck. We're going to enter a world full of fantasy and play board games while making sure the prince is around to jiggle all the way around. That's right, we tackled the etchy high-risk game fantasy known as No Game, No Life. Before we begin, Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this A whole lot of sibling love, because that's the sweetest and purest form of love. Yes, this one could definitely go on our, like, Onichan episode that we did a while ago. <sighs> um, it's very... Onichan! It's a lot of, like, a lot of that so there are a few things that get me more than like the whimpering like mm-hmm. i actually we're gonna get in this show i'm not giving anything away but right. if this show could exist exactly as it is yeah. but just let me be able to hear the female lead <laughs> i'd really appreciate it that's right the patriarchy is not is also in in volume right in voice <laughs> volume you know what i'm saying uh so once again i want to thank everybody for listening to our host site anchor.fm slash wobble podcast or hopefully anywhere your podcast is found, but make sure when you do, you give us a five-star review. It really helps elevate our standings, uh, gets us up the boards, lets more people listen to us. You can also follow us on social media, so Garrett, hit them with those handles. Absolutely. For those wanting to check us out on Instagram, you can find us at Wanwa Podcast, or see what we're saying over on Twitter, at Weeb underscore Noob. And Garrett, we're going to Jamaica. <laughs> no game, no life. Dun, 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 dun. No game, no life. And there's a brother who wants to have sex with his sister. No game, no life. Okay, sorry. Uh, that joke will probably end here. So once again, we are talking about the show No Game, No Life. Uh, I don't know how to if it's like no game, no life, or if there's any punctuation, but that's how we're gonna say it. Um, and it's based on a light novel uh, that came out in 2012. And then it's, and that light novel is ongoing, but the anime only ran for one season, 2014. And then they came out with a film called uh, No Game, No Life Zero in 2017. So not much uh, meat on the bone after the first season, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, definitely worth a watch. Uh, Garrett, when I told you, Etchy on the Tens, 100th episode, you know, we're getting excited about all this stuff. Um, what is some thoughts you had if, when I told you the name of the show was No Game, No Life? Uh, I didn't really have any thoughts because it was just obscure enough that I had no idea what they were talking about. And, uh, if yeah. I had to venture a guest, uh, venture a guess, uh, No Game, No Life uh, could have been a anime focused on an incel uh, who, <laughs> who lived in his mother's basement. Uh, he had no game and no life, and it was every woman's fault. It's, it's about a, a magician that decided <laughs> to write a book <laughs> about how to get the ladies. Yeah, mystery. I'm talking about you, man. Remember you? You're the, you're the reason we're in this mess right now. Uh, oh, the no, peacockers. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
you know, I want to co- a stop for a second and just like thank everybody for listening to us for a hundred whole episodes, Garrett. I never, I, you know, it's hard to imagine when you, we first started this thing mm-hmm. that we get to a hundred. So, you know, it's really great that we get this opportunity to speak to you guys at least bi-weekly and talk about something that I really love and Garrett gets to join me along for the ride. Sure. And, so. and, and we, we got a ways down the road. I have a personal goal of getting to 365 episodes so that if someone were to pick us up randomly, they could listen to us every day of the year. And they definitely would have no life at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I listen. Uh, so I went, so I'm 37 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went like the first 36 and a half years of my life, 36 years, not mm-hmm. listening to any podcasts. And in fact, even when we started doing this podcast <laughs> two years ago, it took me a year to listen to any podcast that wasn't this podcast. Right, right. But now I've, I've been running a lot and I just need to listen. To, I can't listen to the same playlist over and over again. Exactly. So I just listen to, listen to the most monotonous uh, podcast to get me through like a 45 minute or hour run. So you know what? People could definitely use 365 hours of Wanwa. Oh, no doubt about it. And <clears throat> not only that, I think it says something to our ability to, you know, kind of rehash different themes and different topics about Japanese culture and what's going on. And this one kind of cherry picks on all of it. This is the reason why I picked this one for 100. First off, it's etchy. Of course, we're doing etchy on the 10s. It's not as etchy, though. It's not lewd. It's not like uh, Yuna the Haunted Hot Springs where it just like throws it in your face. Everybody's falling into each other naked in a hot spring. We're not doing that. It's etchy, but not lewd. Mm-hmm. It's also got a bunch of themes of the Onichan episode, which we did. Um, there's a lot of incestual love, albeit they're not actually partaking in it so much. I don't know. It's very weird. And then it's also one of my favorite genres out there, which is like the high risk uh game genre um and now i know garrett this is probably one of the few animes that would have broken out into a general audience so i'm gonna ask you this have you ever watched Yu-Gi-Oh? no i have not i do know that it is both an anime and a card game yes and it's and it's Which also came t- first the uh the manga came out then it became an anime so Yu-Gi-Oh is about the card game currently and most people know it as such but when it first came out as a manga it was actually like a really violent like hardcore high risk like death game where this like ancient kid this kid uses like games to punish bad people um and then the card game kind of picked up and then the author was like well this is making me lots of money so let's just do this forever and so he did it (laughs) and then it never game went back like it never went back the whole it's air of its former self is gone and i like the whole like i like I don't want to call them thinking man anime because that sounds kind of lame, but like I like anime that require you to think along with the, you know, to be have stress by being within the person's head of how they're going to get out of situations. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that this that's what this one does very, very well. Um, It's also isekai, but it's not terrible because it's not like we're in a video game, gay. (laughs) Like, I don't want to get stuck in a video game. I'm not hit by a bus and all of a sudden I'm woke up as a slime. I I just want to. You know, it's a fantasy setting and that's it. So that's kind of another reason why I liked it. You know, it's got sure. the isekai, it's the high-risk anime, it's etchy, it's onichan, it's all that stuff. I wish I could use less of the lolly stuff, but nonetheless, we're happy. I'm happy with what we ended up. Um, so Gary, yeah, talk us through the first episode, man. We're, we we meet our first characters, characters, Sora and Chiro. However, we kind of get introduced in a weird way. Talk us through that. Absolutely. So the show opens up 
inside an ongoing video game. Looked a lot like uh, Mega Man. I think yeah. there's like a lot of soldiers flying around in like Iron Man suits. Yeah. Um, Were you thinking what like, oh God, Kyle gave me Sword Art Online again? Is that what you saw, <laughs> no, you saw that? No. No, because I, I would have thought that I'd be like, mm. <laughs> uh, but so you open up in this video game and essentially um, real quick, you're introduced to a lot of players who, who are trying to beat just a few players. There right. are four in this game world. It's uh, presumably an MMORPG M right. MMORPG. Yeah. Thing? Player versus player. So everybody's trying to beat each other up. Right. Absolutely. And so um, there are these four characters uh, called uh, blank. Um, yes. They have like blank profiles, like they have no like right. defining, like they don't have the the profile of their user, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And they just like wreck everybody and everybody mm -hmm. is constantly getting annihilated and they are frustrated. Um, mm -hmm. So we open up on a scene of everyone getting just like annihilated and then it cuts to someone's bedroom, headquarters, game room, something like that. And very quickly you are told that blank is actually a brother sister duo who play with their hands and their feet. So you thought it was four players, but it was actually two people right. using all of their 10 and fingers and 10 toes. Right. And they are tag team back again. <laughs> Audio over here. Uh, but so this brother sister duo, Sora is the 17 year old brother. Right. And Shiro is this uh, 11 year old uh, sister. Uh, they yep. just annihilate everyone. And yep. it's not just like this game. It's all games. They play games together in strategy and they win always. And while they're mm -hmm. sitting in this game room uh, or this bedroom or whatever, yep. uh, they're tired. Shiro like hasn't like slept in five days. I mean, they're to the point where they're eating like nutritious rations. They're not like eating food. Yeah, they're, like, calorie mate. Gotta love that. It's like ramen. That's all. It's like cup ramen. That's really what it is. Calorie right. mate. Right. And so um, they're there and they get an email that's like, are you tired of your world? And they're intrigued. Well, I thought it was going to be an email that said hot singles are interested in you in your area. <laughs> like here. What? They want to meet me, Garrett? Oh, my God. One milfs are down the road right yeah. now. Before you get to that story, I want to get some some context, too. So. So, you know, and this is kind of me flexing my my recent understanding of kanji ooh, is so Sora's name literally means sky and Shiro's name either could mean white or castle. But the way the kanji is written is that Shiro's name means white and Sora's name can mean space or empty. So mm -hmm. white space blank. So actually their name put together, the kanji makes blank and then they just don't write it in. So it's it's. I, I understand yes. that this that like translation has a lot to do with this, yeah. but it also sounds like a 14 year old trying to come up with a cool band name and they're just like hey, grasping yeah. at straws for whatever will make it sound like, <laughs> like when white space. Ken and Doa, it means like the sky opens to the winds of the plains of the fields. <laughs> and like... My, the worst one, the worst experience that I've had with that, mind, mind you, this is, this is a little bit of a tangent is, uh, the band Flyleaf, which I kind of liked, was mm -hmm. um, they're like a metal band with a female singer. And they were at this like major raucousy, like hardcore event in Hartford. And <laughs> the guy was like, hey, and it was it was live, too. So there was a whole bunch of people. Everybody's like, yeah, Flyleaf. Yeah. And they're like, hey, why do you call yourselves Flyleaf? And then like the guitarist is like, well, the Flyleaf is the front page of the book that's blank. Uh, and so that means that we're blank to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the whole crowd went. Poof. 
(laughs) (laughs) pin drop no one like it's when you're like oh god i'm listening to a secular friendly christian act no i know how about like those four million people that bought the first creed album when they found out that they were Mm -hmm. a christian rock anything with the word clay in it like human clay i was getting a little inkling also pod but but that was the second album the first the first album was uh was uh my own worst enemy i think it was called it was something like that yes yeah. yes because it had the the big single the single one. my own worst enemy yes <laughs> anyway it had a lot of hers and a lot of hers just yep, a lot of know. mewling another thing was um is that another taking it back to the show is that these two characters are what are called as neats um i've told you what that is before essentially a neat is a person who has given up on becoming part of of society, society. In Japan, it's a real problem. In it, it means not in education, employment, or training. So me N E E T. So these two both do not work. This is all they do with their life. They also have serious social anxiety disorders, so they cannot be outside. They're agoraphobic. Mm-hmm. They don't like talking to people. They're not good with people, but they're very good at games. And so it, it makes some for some fun gags along the way. But just kind of also gives some people some context. Like, they're good at games because they have no other thing that they do. <laughs> right. But, yeah. But they're super smart. That's the big thing I want you to know, man. They're super. They're, they're wicked smart. And so they're really good at games in that regard. And let's get back to our random email saying, right. aren't so they you get bored a random email, And it's like, are you tired of the world you're living in? And they're intrigued because, you know, they're bored. But she, and Shiro's on the, on the floor like, Ugh. so by the way, it's, another thing is like, Sora's 17 and Shiro's 11. And, and they and do not hesitate to give you copious amounts of panty shots. For an 11-year-old who's going, that's the noise she's making for most of the show. So she's sleeping she's with like her thumb. She's like a cutesy golem. Yeah, and like sick of sucking her thumb while this email's happening. I just want to point, give people, paint a picture of what's happening. A 70-year-old brother is staring at her right. panty-laden uh, 11-year-old sister sucking her thumb. Go, to, go on, Garrett. <laughs> So this email comes through and it basically it kind of taunts them and asks them if they don't believe that they're for their, for their world, if they don't like the world that they're living in. And it challenges them to a game, to a classic game, to the game of chess. That's correct. So they, they cannot help themselves because they have particularly Sora. I mean, Shiro's into it as well, but she basically made a pledge to always be there for her brother. Right. So Sora's like, all right, we're going to play this chess. And they find out that they're up against a really like prodigious talent. And this is where you start to get like an idea of how the rest of the show is going to go is they enter a game and you're going to basically hear Sora and Shiro, mostly Sora, monologue it out and explain Mm -hmm. to you all of their plans, why they're doing what they're Mm -hmm. doing, why the other person's doing what they're doing, Mm -hmm. how that's going to throw them off guard. But then they're going to think of a way last minute because they cannot be beat because they are um, they're blank and they have a they have a reputation. They're blank, but they're also uh, what's the unbeatable thing? Oh boy, I don't know. Um, when when a uh, oh god, help me out, Kyle, Kyle. You should be ashamed that after two years, I can't think of this anime term. Um, oh, OP. He's OP. He's OP. They're both OP, and they're OP together. The thing is that they're kind of always as a pair together. Right. Yeah, and so, so, so they win this chess game, mm-hmm. and all of their monitors, and they must have a dozen monitors in the room. All their monitors go fuzzy well, white. Before that happens, I just want to make this also very. Oh clear, yeah, happen. Is that the 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 thing that asked them is like, 
don't you think this world is unfair? What if your life could be a game like this one? And then they did proceed to go through like this Hawthorne Heights monologue <laughs> about like, you know, oh, the world is a, it's just a bad game. <laughs> the rules are, the rules are just trying to keep you down. And my heart is in Ohio. That's another part that's in it. So, uh, um, you know, cut my wrist and black my eyes. And that's what they were saying. And the gods, and then so all of a sudden, a little baby voice comes through. He goes, I knew it. We're going to be friends. As he said, the monitors go nuts. Go yep. for it. Then, then what happens? Uh, then they get sucked into a video game world. And they're, yep. they are, their entrance into this video game world is a 10,000 foot like free yeah. drop from a plane. <laughs> Um, yeah, they are, they are introduced to a character named Tet, and uh, Tet is the character that played them in the game and ultimately brought them into this world. And he's also God, <laughs> <laughs> well, the one God, the one true God. Well, the thing is, is that this used to be a a, a multi God experience, and there's a lot of races, and they had this giant war, and they basically beat each other up until like everybody was really weak, and the one that just didn't want to play along was like the god of of games Mm -hmm. and he was just like all right i'll do this and then he's like all right you're all stupid you're you're let's not fight with battles of violence and death let's fight with battles of wit and wisdom and so he created a game only world with the 10 tenets which is the Mm -hmm. one of the things that he he learned from and uh let's let's talk through that gear let's stop for a second because as they're falling as you said this absurd height (laughs) They now have the. They now are beholden to the Ten Commandments of this world, right? And so let's let's walk through them. The first one, very simple. You can't murder. You can't steal. You can't invade people. War, murder, robbery is forbidden. Sure. Even if you wanted to, you can't do it. Right. We tried that one. We tried it, and it's done. The second one is all conflict in this world is resolved through games. So if you want, if if you want to step to someone. You better be prepared with a deck of cards or Yahtzee, you know, <laughs> or, or, or perhaps a, a checkers board, a pinochle deck, because that's when things are going to get nuts. <laughs> uh, the third one is that in games, each player will bet something that they agree is of equal value, because I agree this would this would be all honestly, I just be like, Garrett, I get your whole house and I'll give you in exchange. I'll give you bubble gum. And then like, I, I you know, and then there's nothing on right. it for me. Right. Right. Both people have to agree that it's an equal value. Um, and then anything can be bet as long as it doesn't violate number three, as long as everybody agrees this is the correct average value, value exchange, yeah. then you're good. The fifth, and this is a good one, is that the person who gets receives the challenge has to choose the rules of the game. So they get to essentially choose the game, which is right. important, right? If you want to challenge someone, you're opening yourself up to a world of hurt if they pick a game that they're super strong in and you're not. That's right. So if someone came up to me and said, uh, can you play, you know, I'm going to challenge you to SNES uh punch out super punch out you're you're in for a world of hurt because that's my game <laughs> you know <laughs> i will take you out um next is that any bets made in accordance with the pledges must be upheld you can't just be like you know oh i lost you know i'm not i'm not going to pay you no no or i'm not going to give you back right no you have to do it you are divinely beholden to that is the big thing Next is conflict between groups will be conducted by designated representatives with absolute authority. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, and we learn these are as like, as like you get chess pieces when you kind of get that, that designation, uh, so to speak. Um, being caught cheating in a game is grounds for instant loss. Doesn't mean you can't cheat. Right. You just have to be caught cheating. And that's the important And thing. when someone catches you, they have to actually tell you what you're cheating at. Yes. I mean, it's not written here, but we find that out. 
Right. And another thing that's really important, this is like another thing that I love about gambling anime. Don't you know it's about gambling anime is that the gambling anime is not about gambling. It's about cheating. How well can you <laughs> cheat? Kakegurui yeah. was like this. Uh, Ultimate, uh, Ultimate Survivor Kaiji is like this. It's like no one could just gamble in this world. They have to like cheat. And how can you get away with cheating? Yeah. Um, and then in the name of the God, the previous rules never be changed. So this is a no yeah. take back. is rule number nine. And number 10 is uh, my favorite. It's like, imagine you're in football. You're playing football, Garrett. The rule 10 is like this. You're playing football. You just did two a days, which means you play two practices, mm-hmm. two hour, two hour practices in the hot, hot sun. You, you get your ass kicked. They're calling you the F word. Mm-hmm. They're calling you the B word. Just use your imagination. What else they're calling you. And then you get to the game. The guy's like, all right, let's have some fun guys. <laughs> All right, guys, I just want you to go out there and have a great time, okay? I'm like, you just called me the F word the whole, the whole game. What are you talking about? I can't have fun with that. But that's what it is. The 10 ones are like, let's have a great time game. Right. It also seems like they ran out of good ideas for tenants. So they're just like, all right, everyone have fun. Yeah. And yeah, like the, the last one was like, and uh, skittle they do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And so they're like, Instead of feeling like, oh crap, I'm in a new world, Sora and Shira are like, blood's in the water, my friend. So they're like, right. I can deal with this. So let's talk through Sora and Shira's first interactions with the world. Go ahead, Garrett. Oh, geez. All right. Let me uh, let me go back to yesterday afternoon when I was watching the show. <laughs> so they started to get robbed. I don't remember them getting robbed. They got they got um, um, taken by a bunch of mountain bandits who then like are explained the rules of the world to them. Oh, oh, yes. You know what? I had my head down and I looked up and the entire like animation of the show changed. Yeah. For, like 30 seconds to be. Oh, like... yeah. Bring that up too. the world looks weird that this anime is for lack of a better term red. <laughs> it's like a red acid trip. Yeah. A little it's... bit. And all the and outlines the, are red. The mountain trolls like steal from them. The mountain trolls go into like a very like, like, uh, pre. I don't know. The, the The artwork completely changed, and they started mm-hmm. like chanting like the rules of the world. And Sora and Shiro are like, "All right, cool, thanks, bye." And he, with with their clothes because they just stole all their money. <laughs> right, right. And another thing that's that yeah, they, they what they explain the rules is that there are sixteen races in this uh in this world mm-hmm. and the humans uh that they suck ass because they, and they're called immanity yes so they're not they're and not basically humanity. they are at the bottom oh, and elves are at the top so i guess i'm you're an immin not a human i don't know it's they couldn't just say human because i mean it's not like the other words changed right like yeah the war beasts it's not like they call themselves the ear beasts right like you you get Elves are elves, man. Elves are elves. So why do we have to change humanity? Uh, whatever. So they they're the, they're the only ones that can't use magic, and so they're pretty much getting their lunch eaten all the yeah. time. Apparently, magic sort of runs like these energy forces in the atmosphere, and mm-hmm. humans don't have the ability to tap into that energy stream. Right. Right. And so they enter into the world into the and they go to this pub, and they they win against a woman who uh, in, in poker for her money. Well, and... they find out, um, if I may step in for a second, they yeah. find out that uh, they see this really well-chested girl. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Against the veiled girl. Uh, yes. And they kind of ask what's going on, and they find out that Imanity, the kingdom, has not had a king 
in some time. And they're like, the king was such a gambler. And then they show like the portrait of the king. And it's, yes. the, it's the effing king from like a deck of cards. He has like the beard <laughs> that flows out, like, like in curls. I love that. Right. I can imagine so, like actually talking to that person and just like, and he doesn't move. He just stays in the profile <laughs> picture. Like a king he's just like, hi there. <laughs> so uh, the king passed, but the king was like the greatest gambler in all the land. And mm-hmm. in his uh, beliefs, and he wrote the laws this way, that the next king will have to defeat all others in games in order to become king. And in particular, mm-hmm. this uh, well-chested uh, individual in the pub mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Stephanie Dola, who yep. is the king's granddaughter. But it was made specific. She received no special favor. If she wants to become king, she has to make her way up the rungs just like everybody else. So as they're witnessing, they go outside, as you say, and they meet another uh well-chested individual which is a recurring theme here in this in this show yep there's some big cups in the in the in the no game no life uh universe and they win against her in poker not as important but then they're like all right we need a place to stay so they ask stephanie dola uh if she they can stay at her house which is the castle Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're like in order to do it i challenge you to a duel of rock paper scissors now Tell me if you followed. Nope. This game. Nope. Of, okay, so right, follow this, folks, because this is going to give you a headache. Hopefully, uh, not, we'll hopefully give you as much of a headache as it did me watching it. And I find myself to be a very intelligent guy, and I feel like Garrett's an intelligent person, too. I feel like everybody who listens to the show is very intelligent. Tell me if you follow this, Garrett. He said to her, we're going to play rock, paper, scissors, and I'm only going to play paper. Which means, in my head, he can only ever the throw pa- out paper. Paper. If I, and he said it explicitly, if I throw out paper, I lose. And she then goes through her head of a bajillion different scenarios of like, well, if he picks two out of three. This, this is two thirds of this. But if I pick the rock, then it's a one third chance. And I was just like, I was just Have like, my eyes that? were spinning. Have you ever seen that famous clip where Scott Steiner, the wrestler, tries to do math? Yes. Oh my God. I love that. That's yeah. two thirds, one third. Six six percent uh, repeating chance of whoop ass of me of, that he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I felt about that because I know he can't win. <laughs> only one third chance of beat me. Yeah, folks, if you get the opportunity, watch Scott Steiner's math. It's the best. It's honestly the best. Um, and so I was so lost. So I thought to myself, I'm like, she's going to talk herself out of using scissors. That's what I thought he was trying to do to her. Okay. But he pulls out rock. Right. And wins. Right. How? I just, I'm still trying to make it. <laughs> well, because his whole thing was like, I'm only going to throw paper. <laughs> yeah. And and later on. Yeah. He, he convinces her. I'm not going to go into details because I don't remember. But what I do remember is later on, he convinces her into a game. And she thinks the rules are X. But his trick was that he never actually agreed to it. She just believed that he agreed to her terms. And so that was his trick there. But with this, uh, with this uh, rock, paper, scissors, I have no idea. I mean, if cheating just means you're not going to do what you say, and then she has to like abide by it, then yeah, I guess he won. Yeah. And then, and of course, to the, the law of the land, when you win in this, it's an absolute victory and you get the thing that you bet. She was, he was, uh, you know, he would, he badmouthed the grandpa 
which he said he would apologize for, and she would let him stay to her house, i.e. the castle, if he won. And he won. Mm-hmm. But then she but that she goes, she thought that's what he said was the was the actual thing. She goes, So you won't just want to stay at the castle? And he just give her like a mm, tongue out, <laughs> but he didn't verbally confirm it. Mm-hmm. And she goes, So what's the win? And he goes, uh, he goes, I'm gonna have you fall in love with me. And, and the sister's like, uh, why? Why why didn't you just say that uh that uh you belong to me like specifically yeah, you belong like, to me and then he goes through this giant confession of i'm an 18 year old virgin and i'm never gonna get laid and then he goes in like a major like a massive like i'm sorry my sis- sister my 11 year old sister i didn't mean it in yeah, that I'm way kind of thing yeah like that kind of gross crap and like he's like but like you're my sister and i can't do it that to you but like everybody but she she's hot and i got a virgin and uh, and like and then he falls on her this when they get the the, the famous etchy pratt fall yep which then gave on us stephanie the, dola that's, on stephanie dola the sister that's correct and then you see the the two flan cups jiggle just to <laughs> emphasize the suppleness of the of stephanie dola yep. and her coca-colas and he she kicks him off out of the hall yeah, so he's in another room now because he's so, been kicked through a set of doors. Set of doors. So, Garrett, what happens when that happens? That's a big thing, too. Uh, Sora and Shiro go into freaking withdrawal. Like anaphylactic shock, these kids go. I mean, he's on the ground, like, trembling. He turns to black and white, which is a weird condition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he, like I said, he's basically, I mean, he's practically scratching at his arms and, like, he's like, trembling. And Shiro's going through the same thing. And you find out that this normal brother-sister team who just love each other i guess in a very brotherly sister way are bound to one another and cannot be too far from one another yes they've been so far up each other's bums figuratively that they've created a disorder that if they're ever like a certain distance from each other they cannot function as human beings it's 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 an interesting uh condition so to speak and uh yeah so what he decides then is like stephanie dola so the girl that beat stephanie in the poker Yep. It's about to be crowned queen. Yep. And let's, before I go to my next topic, let's button this off. So he walks up and he's going like, this is, this is interesting. Like if I, if I have this brain, so does my sister where the two of us can kick butt and take names. Why don't we just become the king of this world? Like, I like that. Like, that's the idea. They can beat anyone in any game in their home world. Why not here? Yeah. Why not here? And and this is something they live by. And, and, And they also have a reputation to in their own minds to uphold of worth blank we, we don't lose to anybody and so let's put that to the test and see how we do and and beat this world and so they they they, they challenge uh our the future queen to a test of wits another game now well yes before that yeah they uh they step into the sort of the the Red Keeper, I don't know, what, what, wherever they're going to crown this new king. What, they're in Westeros. So. They're in Westeros. <laughs> wherever they're going to crown this new king, uh, this female king. And the first thing that they do before they challenge her is they have to cast doubt upon right, her. Right, 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 right. And so he uses his mind that this person who is using, uh, this person who's going to become king, they caught her cheating Right. On against Stephanie Dola. And the way they caught her cheating was she was using magic. But here's the deal. She's a manatee. She's human. 
Right. Can't use magic. Right. So how's she doing that? So they look around the room uh-huh. and they find a, a cloaked hooded figure. Uh-huh. And they're like, it's an elf. They're hiding their ears. And sure enough, they expose the future king, a uh, female king. I can't remember her name. Um, for being a cheater by allowing another race, another country to help her. And she self-justifies to them in private. And she says, of course, I went to the elves. Of course, I went to them for help uh, because with their help, I can take over the country and then I'll just, I'll just disobey them. And, and, uh, and then humans will be all, all right again. Yes. And so I feel like, this one is setting up that like humanity is kind of like over it, like they're ready or humanity. I'm sorry. Um, and they're ready to, to like throw in the towel and just be like, let's, let's let the elves who are the, you know, the most magic influence take over. And that's what this queen was going to do. Mm-hmm. But instead uh, it was, um, you know, the, 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 the kind of overarching theme that, that Sora and Shiro are is like, don't, disregard you're 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 looking down on people you're looking down on humans yep and i thought that was a really good theme that was running through it um now garrett i have to take a pause because this is something i i always like am interested in there is a sound that japanese voice makers voice actors make that are that are done when they're playing young girls okay and i want to see if you can like imitate it is that okay. is that possible garrett so can you I, describe it what the noise is so i'm gonna play an example of it maybe and then uh we're gonna we're gonna see if you can do it too it's it's kind of like a like a wee wee sound like it's like it, it's it's like if and i and the funny thing is i have a four-year-old daughter now and she does make that noise so it's actually kind of genius. It's like it's like it's like this like wee 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 sound they make. It's like they're so, like so you thought it was a lie until you procured yes. a child of your own and realized it was real. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like a, it's like a wee 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 sound when they're like struggling to like pick things up or they're like do putting effort into something. Like I I give credit to these like twenty to thirty year old Japanese women who were able to successfully do a little kid struggling to get up on like a, a stool <laughs> or picking up items like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of it um so let's pause before we get to that because this this show is very lolly and this is the reason why i bring it up is the show it leans into the lolly a little bit the mm-hmm. incest which which bothered you more was it the incest was it the lolliness and or was it neither and was it too much to kind of to take you out of it because I feel like this this is a very good show, mm-hmm. but I have trouble sometimes getting through the lolly and the and the incest. Like, what's what's your thoughts on it? The 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 brother sister stuff didn't really bother me. It was it was more like the lolly. Yeah, because um, it's not because it's not like it's like a you know fifteen mm-hmm. year old that looks like she's in her twenties. Like we've seen that before, right? Where sure. they make her fully formed woman. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, she's 13, right?" Yep. Like they do that sometimes. There is one trope, though, that I think you were also a fan of that this show used that was terrific over yes. and over again. Yeah, what is that? Uh, I believe you refer to it as a stethoscope. Oh yes, I loved that. Where she so because she lost the battle and now she has to be in love with him. 
uh, every time she looks at him, she he looks like a dapper like shoujo character. Right, and, like, his features get all like really su- super handsome and picturesque, and his eyes look like Bambi and stuff like that. And then she's like, "Ah, oh, Jakey's head is like, oh, she starts batting her head against yeah, the wall. She, I know it's it's like the it's like freaking um. I, I don't remember the character's name, but yeah. it's like this the self-flagellating character from uh from um oh not Angels and Demons. What was the other one? Ah, the Da Vinci Code. Yes. Oh, like he's every Opus time Day. like she's from Opus they Day. They just like hurt themselves, they slam their head into a wall, they stab their leg. Like Yeah. Stephanie Joel. So yeah, so you got like the, the female representation in the show's not great. You got the lolly who's being kind of like shown her panties all the time, and then you got Stephanie Dola, who's the dum dum. Who, who can't help herself but to be in love with the main male character. Right. So will this be a harem? I'm not sure, <laughs> but it looks like it's going that way. <laughs> <laughs> so so is so you said not too much. Did it take you out of the immersion of the experience? No. To have either of those options in them. I don't no, either. No, I it 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 dabbled, yeah. but it never went over the line for me anyway. I feel like, you know, once again, this is one of those NYC, like if this was here in the United States, I'd be giving it a little bit more like, mm. but because this is another country, you can kind of give it like enough arm's length to get over it, I think. Sure. So, so let's talk about the first real battle where the queen, I'm trying to remember her name in this show. That's really bad that I'm forgetting. I think it's Fiel uh, is, uh, is, I'm trying to remember who it is, um, but they they say that the mat the actual uh zell is her name zell is her name mm-hmm. she is a cha- chase payment system yes exactly she is uh she challenges blank to uh chess right but not and, just and what any can only chess. be described as uh a takeoff of like harry potter and the philosopher's stone right right the chess pieces are humongous yeah um now explain the rules of this chess board that make it different sure so imagine that they are in a ballroom with a balcony on either side of the ballroom and below them is the chessboard. uh you have your white pieces you have your dark pieces um and each blank uh sora and shiro command uh the white pieces right. and the dark pieces are commanded by zell right. and you command your pieces much like you would any other game uh right. and so sora and shiro start out and uh, Sora decides it'd be best if Shiro starts and that they, they tag out later. And so she moves her pawn forward two pieces, much like you would as op- right. as an opening move of a chess match. Mm-hmm. And immediately Zell moves forward upon three pieces. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, so three spaces. What? Three spaces. And then she gives like another command that that isn't a move in, in, in chess. And right. you find out that your ability to move your characters and are is directly related to their belief in you as a leader and so because zell has this maniacal belief that she will become like queen and king and a uh, little elfin magic too behind you she's with a little elfin magic the 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 pieces are willing to make moves beyond what's normally allowed in the game whereas Mm -hmm. shiro uh, makes some really strong strategic moves, but eventually finds herself in a tough position and the pieces stop listening to her and they stop moving forward uh, for risk of certain death because they don't believe mm-hmm. in their leader at that moment. Right, because in chess you sacrifice pieces, but if, say, you're doing it with somewhat sentient pieces, they're not going to want to 
no do a move knowing that they're going to get their asses handed to them. Right. right. At least that they don't believe in you. Right. And right. so really this is when she, she uh, that's Shiro's thing. She's a super genius, um, but she doesn't have the strategy, right. That, right. Like she's very good at games, but she doesn't have the like over the top strategy mind that Shiro does. Mm-hmm. And, oh, sorry. That Sora does. And so Sora decides to tag in and what is his strategy to, spin this around and make it better for everybody uh i believe the first strategy he uses is he convinces uh after the tag in comes in part because zell gives this sort of like impassioned but dictator-esque type speech right and sora comes in and convinces the other pieces that you should not be led by fear. You should not be led by shame. You should not Mm. be led by this sort of fascist dictatorship. You know, you should be led with like love and peace and, and, and someone who actually cares for you. And so Mm -hmm. he's actually swaying the minds of the pieces on the board. And he also sweetens the pot a little bit by offering that he's going to let them you know you bang 40 virgins essentially that's right these are <laughs> anyone who wins can have as many women as they want and ale until the river runs dry <laughs> and so the pieces are like yeah let's do this thing and now they're also skipping turns and they're doing these kind of things and then right. and then she's using more magic by using brainwash magic to switch the pieces right i mean she, she's backed into a corner and eventually yep. her pieces basically catch cooties mm-hmm. and whenever they touch the the white pieces they're now changing allegiances yeah and you start to see that shiro's mind he uses multiple gamesmanship so he uses like romance uh what's the word they call i call those um romance novellas no uh the visual novels that you would yep. do in video games right okay because it's like you use like, what do you say to the girl to make her like you? And so he's like, oh, I played that so well that I'm really good at it. So he flirted with the queen to yep. make her not kill his king. Yep. And then he had everybody like, you know, say how great our queen is. And then like the, the, and the thing that strives for men is cuteness. And he shows <laughs> off his sister. And yep. it's like, cuteness runs the world. All men like this. All men like these things. Yep. It's so weird. And, and then in, in sort of like a last bit of desperation, Zell uh, commands her piece, one of her knights, to behead her own queen for being a traitor. And he can't do it because, again, right. sentient sentient beings. And this is like Sora's uh, one of his big steps is to step in here and be like, what type of what type of leader is going to have you like kill your own queen? Right. And then so eventually the way the chess beat ends is not by the king falling or any checkmate, but like she gets assassinated figuratively by her own pieces and loses. So and and so I think it's a genius. So so when you see that that's kind of the, the realm of the of the show, right, is this like out of really insane out of the box strategy to get around cheating. Yep. What do you think about this style of show? I like it. I mean, uh, for the for like one season, I could absolutely do it. Uh, but it would if you told me it was like five seasons worth of show, I could absolutely see how it's repetitive because you're just going to be like, OK, yeah. challenge in the game. All right. Here's going to be a whole bunch of monologuing about how they're down. Right. You know what? It's kind of like it's like watching House, right? Yep. Yep. He's going to he's going to figure out how to how to uh, 
cure him the first time and then it's going to almost kill him. He's going right. to figure <laughs> out how to cure him the second time and it's going to almost kill him. And then something really <laughs> inane and simple is going to reveal to him what the problem was all along and they'll be saved on the third effort. Like a ballpoint pen. He's like, oh, it was syphilis. <laughs> 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 of course. And then he's going to make something racist or sexist joke in the process. Yeah, we all know how. So, yeah, I, I think for me, and, and the games get crazier, and I love that about this show. Um, it's really exciting to see how the, the strategy game is played. I think um, the, the way that Sora and Shiro kind of tag team the game is really cool because um, it's not like one person has to find the will to succeed. It's like once someone kind of loses their spirit, the other one tags in and kind of helps the other one out. It's, it's a really good example of this kind of like high risk gamesmanship style thing that I really like the strategy style uh, that goes to it. So I, w- I mean, I think for me, that's, that's always a really big positive thing when you can get it. Um, so uh, let's kind of do what we do every week. This is the two questions we keep asking. Uh, the first is uh, Garrett. It's one season. Um, you've seen the first four episodes uh, I think there's only like 13 episodes in the total season. Uh, would you keep watching? I'm gonna, uh, knowing what we've seen so far. I'm going to cheat. Is there resolution within 13 episodes of something? It resolves to the end of an arc. It gives you the hope that there's going to be more, more of this. And then you're never going to hear from this show again. Which is a bummer. Because I, I honestly... And then, and then you get Psych the movie. Yeah. <laughs> There is there is a uh, a no game no life movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing that extends the story more. But but I I weirdly enough do sometimes like every couple months do a no game no life season two and see if it pops up because I think there oh, should yeah. be more no game no life you know. Um, but unfortunately no, Garrett. It's just one one uh, one season. So would you keep watching? You no, know, you've seen so far. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. will I? No. <laughs> but Let's, is it worth a season? Yeah, absolutely. What is a season? Three episodes are like an hour and 15 minutes. Right. So three hours is going to take four hours of your life. Think about all the shows out there, everyone. All you people out there who watch Friends or like me, like Parks and Rec, like how many times do you go back to those shows for their comfort? Just take out literally one afternoon's worth of rewatches and watch another show. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. And I think for me, I hope this gets the uh, Devils a part-timer juju that we used the last time. Remember, Garrett, I said, like, man, I really wish Devils a part-timer would get a second season. And, like, the next week they announced a second season. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that by being like, oh, man, I really hope you come up with a second season and no game, no life, that that <laughs> gives them the impetus. Like, if you're going to give me etchy, like, uh, like, interspecies reviewer, you know, like, the really mm-hmm. – really dirty stuff this is not so egregious that you can't do this show it's true right although to be fair you know we are eight years later now so i don't know what the likelihood is of this that's episode. true but I'm, I'm hoping our juju wears off this time around um and so what we're gonna do is what we do every week is called the weeb and noob score the weeb and noob score doesn't mean a show is good or bad or not uh it means that it's our excitement for you to watch it as the listener to watch these shows uh, you know, depending on your level of, of viewership. So Garrett's going to speak to the uh, new fan. You know, is it hard to get into? Sure. Uh, does it speak to anime? Is it Does it introduce you to the, the genre? Or, or I, I, you know, really introduce you well to the anime? And I speak to the longtime fan. What does it mean to the total medium? Does, is this like, how does this in the overall digest of anime viewing? So Garrett, 
Uh, let's start with you, man. What do you give this you as your noob review score? I give this a 6.5. Yeah. And I, I give it a 6.5 because coming at it from a pure noob perspective. Yeah. Um, we're looking for what will capture the widest audience. Right. Uh, so first and foremost, you have to have people who are really into not only games, but the heavy exposition and explanation of those games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And two, a big, broad audience is going to be turned off. It's one thing to have Echi. It's another yeah. thing to have Oni-chan, brother-sister love. <laughs> it's another thing to have her be 11 years old. And I just like, yeah. look, guys, girls at home, it's not graphic. It ultimately is innocent. It's just a little awkward. But when you're asking me my score, like if if they just changed a couple things, you it'd easily be a seven and a half. Right. Uh, but I'm going to put it at six and a half. And I would say for me, I would give it a seven and a half and maybe even into an eight because this speaks to those folks out there that like Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, that like that, you know, you know, I believe in the heart of the cards, you know, which is a BS kind of, by the way. Did you know that, Garrett, that when you watch Yu-Gi-Oh!, that his ability to do well in the game is believing in the heart of the cards? Believe whatever that, it! <laughs> whatever that, whatever that means. Uh, but if you like that, like, deep strategy and those, like, like the Kakegurui style, like, oh, oh, crap, how's he going to get out of this situation style? Right. High risk games. I love that because it's really thrilling to kind of go through like, oh, how are they going to resolve this? And it's like such, there's some shows that do a really good job of giving that resolution and it's satisfying. Yeah. But then sometimes Kakagayui goes too far with a pirate lizard tongue girl with a gun. Don't you dare laugh at my pronunciation. One more time, Garrett, please. Kakegayui. Kakegayui. <laughs> oh man i love it so uh, <laughs> so yeah i give it a 7.58 i think it's it's of the etchy high-risk game fantasy it's all those genres without being too much of any of them so for that reason alone i would say it doesn't like wow you but at the same time it does the main meat of it which is the gamesmanship very very well and if you like isekai this one will be up your alley the one knock i'll give it is the weird red tinge to it it's kind of hard to look at sometimes with how everything kind of has this weird redness to it. I I, I don't know. That's that's that was a weird artist choice that I don't know why they decided. Like you know, maybe the person was colorblind and was like, "Yeah, this looks all right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with this. This green manga looks great." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, as we uh, go and we drop 40,000 feet into Discord, which, by the way, is the name of the world, Discord. Um, oh, by the way, before we end this, Garrett, before I do anything, Garrett, do you remember what they say before they get they start their matches? Uh, it, it, it dangerously resembles a sneeze. It's like, Achasan? It's Ashanti. Ashanti? <laughs> so it, like the pop singer? <laughs> yeah. Because the days are gone with that cheat. <laughs> And then, and then, and when you lose, you say, you say, baby, baby. So, <laughs> so as we say Ashanti and begin our, our high risk wager for the night, it is always important to hear your thoughts. Do you think no game, no life is that perfect intersection of etchy, lolly, moe, high risk fantasy, gamesmanship, 
that you think everybody should watch? Did you like it for the games, the fantasy elements, or you think it was too weird, too edgy, too Onichon for your taste? Let us know in the comments below because we really want to keep the conversation going, especially for a show that has captured a lot of people's attention. A lot of people want the season two reviews. Uh, you can follow us on all of our uh, it's, uh, social media, including on Twitter at Weeb underscore Noob and at Wamo Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow us on our host site, anchor.fm slash Wamo Podcast, or really anywhere your podcast is found. But make sure when you do, you give it what, Garrett? You best damn well give us a five-star review, son. That's right. It only help elevate us a little bit more so that we won't be the uh, inanity of, uh, of <laughs> this, you know, at least get us the War Beast or, or Elf level uh, anime podcast. So as we close the night and we, uh, we disboard into our own beds, uh, Garrett, what are your final thoughts on No Game, No Life? I leave you with the words of Sora. There's no more trusted observer than someone who suspects you. Ah, lovely. And uh, I also will go with uh, the quote from Shiro that uh, cuteness runs the world and it's all what all men want. You know? Who so, run the world? Cute. cute. We run, run the world? Cute. cute. All right. <laughs> so we're going to be talking to our chess pieces. We're going to be uh, putting a trick on Do- uh, Stephanie Dola. We're going to be eating our calorie mate. All in all, to wish you all a fantastic see you in two weeks. Take care, y'all. <laughs>